A new Gundam shooter was shown off today, and it looks terrible. But it's not the only IP that should make great video games, but never gets one. Good morning, good Thursday morning to you, I'm Shane Satterfield from Sifted, and this is Good Morning Gaming for March 10th, 2022. The show is in our patrons feeds bright and early every weekday morning, and free on our YouTube channel for everyone else. You can find our flagship show Game Face, and you should, by searching your favorite podcast service. You'll find the podcast versions of the rest of our content in the same feed you found this. So Gundam Evolution is a brand new shooter set in the Gundam universe, and it looks completely awful. It was actually announced some time ago, but in today's state of play from Sony, we got an in-depth look. It's essentially a free-to-play Overwatch clone set in the Gundam universe, which, hey, sounds pretty good to me. It all starts to break down when you actually see how it all works. Traversal looks like a complete chore, and the shooting mechanics are, I don't know, the best way I could describe it is confounding. There should be dozens of great Gundam video games by now, but there aren't. In fact, most of them are completely terrible, but it's not for a lack of trying. Bandai Namco has held the Gundam IP for a long, long time, I would argue way too long. It has announced and released over a dozen Gundam games in the last six years. It's created action-adventure games. It's created fighting games. The most popular and probably the best game that it creates is kind of a chibi-styled turn-based RPG. None of these games have done well in the West. Most of them aren't even released in the West at all. Someone else needs to take over this license and take a quality over quantity approach for the first time ever. Because what's happening now is not acceptable. You almost have to try to make a game about massive robots with a rich, deep lore a bore. But somehow, Bandai Namco does it over and over again. Gundam isn't alone, though. There is a slew of pop culture IP just begging for its first landmark video game outing. How about Godzilla? Now, I remember the GameCube era. There were a couple decent Godzilla brawler fighting games that were released. If you go back and look, though, they never got more than like a 70, 75 Metacritic, which honestly is pretty good compared to the rest of the IP I'm about to talk about. How about G.I. Joe? I find it hard to believe that if a great developer and publisher dedicated a real team to a G.I. Joe game, an open-world G.I. Joe game, it would not do well. There are too many people like me who love G.I. Joe from the 70s and the 80s, and it is an IP that has managed to endure across time. My nephews have G.I. Joe toys. It would do well. Then there's RoboCop. Now, there was a video game back in the arcade days that people liked, but if you go back and play that game now, it's not good. And they've basically disappeared. But that IP is still beloved. Then let's head over to Japan. Macross. There's never been a great Macross game. How about Cowboy Bebop? A lot of people in the West know Cowboy Bebop, and there has never been a great game based upon the property. In fact, a lot of the best... IP from manga and anime 
end up becoming visual novel games. They never get full-on action games. They never get big budgets to make these games, even in Japan. Then you come over across the Pacific to the West, and you start thinking about all the pop culture IP from films that has never been translated into a great video game. How many superheroes have yet to get a great video game? Almost all of them. Superman. Wonder Woman. I can go on and on. You can go on and on. From both sides, from Marvel and DC. There have not been great video games based on superheroes. Then you just start talking about films in general. Rambo. I mean, he's like the world's first action hero, and he does not have a great video game still. Then all the horror films that are just sitting there waiting for great games. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Never had a great game. Friday the 13th, never had a great game. There was a recent one. It seemed like it was going to be cool, and then you played it, and you realized it was developed by, like, 20 guys in a garage. There is an Evil Dead game coming, but it looks to be a lot like that Friday the 13th game. Maybe a little better. Who knows? Hey, at least the Justice League might finally get fixed. Rocksteady is working on a Justice League game. It was supposed to come out this year, just delayed. But Rocksteady typically makes good games, so there's one IP that we can cross off the list. Usually, the problem lies with the license holder. Either the holder of the IP doesn't know what it's doing in relation to video games, or the game developer assigned to the project is clueless about the IP, or is just generally bad at making video games. Usually, one of these is to blame for some of our favorite pop culture icons not getting the video game treatments they deserve. What can we do about it? Beyond bombarding the IP holder on social media, not much. And now for a couple more stories from the top of your sifts. Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin got a new trailer today at Sony State of Play, but it also got a new demo that you can download now. The cool part about it is that the new demo, and there was one before that actually was quite large and showed off a good cross-section of the game, but the new one kicks off from the beginning of the game, and any progress that you make in it will transfer over to the final version of the game that launches in nine days. Now, some things to keep in mind here. This game is developed by Team Ninja, the studio behind the only franchise more difficult than From Software's games, Neo. Do Final Fantasy fans want to play a game that's more difficult than Elden Ring? I don't know. Then the other question becomes, okay, you you have this potential audience, which are From Software fans, who might buy this game even if they don't like Final Fantasy, but they're playing Elden Ring right now. The, the timing for this game couldn't be worse, really. But if you're a big Final Fantasy fan, you can check it out before you have to take the plunge. Good news for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fans today. TMNT Kawabunga Collection was announced during Sony's State of Play. It's a pack of 13, 13 games from the 8 and 16-bit era of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It launches for every platform later this year in collaboration with Nickelodeon. As I said, 13 different games. They cover all the console games, all the arcade games from both the U.S. and Japan. The package is coming to PS5 and PS4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. You'll also be able to buy it in both physical and digital versions sometime in 2022 for 40 bucks. That 
is a good deal. Two fighting games were also shown off during today's State of Play. The first was JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle. This 3D anime fighting game from 2014 is getting a new version with the revamped fighting system. Also, a new tag team support system is being incorporated. Also, more of the voice actors from the anime are going to lend their voices to the game. It launches for all platforms this fall. The second fighter that was shown off today is a kaiju brawler called Gigabash. It was actually announced way back at Tokyo Game Show 2019, but it's finally getting a release date on both PS4 and PS5 sometime this year. Also at today's State of Play from Sony, a brand new DLC pack called Ascension is launching March 22nd for Returnal. And honestly, it probably is the most important DLC that Housemark could ever release because it is going to include cooperative play through the campaign with one other player. If you've not played Returnal, or maybe you did play it and you put it down because it was too difficult, this is a godsend. I have not finished Returnal myself. I did get pretty far into it, and it is a roguelite game, meaning that it kind of forces you to play the same sections of the game over and over again. However, this game kind of found a new way to do it that made players like me, who typically don't like roguelite games, enjoy it. And I did enjoy Returnal a great deal. Also included in the Ascension DLC pack that again launches on March 22nd is an Endless Tower survival mode. So something for both people who want the game to be a little easier and for people who are looking for a little bit more of a challenge. Should be good. Square Enix announced the Diofield Chronicle today, which is odd because it looks a whole lot like Final Fantasy Tactics and Square Enix just released another game that was a lot like Final Fantasy Tactics just a few days ago in Triangle Strategy. Square Enix also announced a brand new hack and slash action RPG called Valkyrie Elysium. And it looks bad. <laughs> it's an all new action RPG set in the Valkyrie franchise. It's coming to PlayStation 5 and 4 and PC this year. It's developed by Soleil Limited. According to Square Enix, Valkyrie Elysium draws on the richness of Norse mythology to present an original story set in a world on the brink of destruction, full of danger and fast-paced action combat. I'll tell you what, that fast-paced action combat looks awful. In a prior episode of Good Morning Gaming, we mentioned that a beta for Gotham Knights very briefly popped up on Steam, but the internet is forever and people saw it and took screenshots of it. And we thought that it might portend towards the game actually releasing finally in 2022. And as it turns out, our suspicions were justified. Today, WB Games announced that Gotham Knights is coming out on October 25th, just in time for Halloween. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is a spin-off to the Borderlands franchise, but really it's just Borderlands 4 starring Tiny Tina. And that's not a bad thing. A lot of people like Tiny Tina. She somehow became kind of the face of the franchise all on her own. So I think a lot of people maybe think that Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is a different take from what we're used to, but it's not. It is really just another loot shooter, and as such... It is a game as a service, and as such, we're getting announcements for its DLC before the game even launches. Four content drops are planned, with each one adding levels to the Mirrors of Mystery, and the fourth drop 
is said to add a seventh playable class. So at least you know that if you pick up Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, you're going to have plenty of content to play. Whether you want to play it or not, that's going to be the question. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll tackle today's boss fight. Welcome to today's boss fight, where I tackle random topics that may or may not be related to video games. For just a moment today, we thought we were going to get something that we've been asking for for a long, long time. And then Capcom yanked the carpet right out from underneath us. Capcom fans have been wishing for anything Dino Crisis related for a long, long time. Which is why we sat with bated breath as thousands of dinosaurs poured out of the sky at the open of today's State of Play from Sony. And then it was revealed that it's not a new Dino Crisis game at all. It's a new IP called Exoprimal, where you take on waves of dinosaurs wearing bulky robotic suits, but there's a twist. It's also a 5 versus 5 multiplayer game where you race other teams to complete missions. It's coming to PC, PlayStation, and Xbox in 2023, and it looks absolutely bonkers. Kinda like Dino Crisis. Why would Capcom take a risk on a new IP when it has perfectly good IP sitting dormant that fans have been begging for? And it's in the same vein as Exoprimal to boot. What the hell? Now Capcom isn't the only one guilty of this. Nintendo has done it too, with Earthbound or F-Zero. We haven't got a new F-Zero game since the GameCube. And it is one of Nintendo's, or at least it used to be, one of Nintendo's most popular franchises. And consequently, every F-Zero game has ended up getting a great aggregate review score. F-Zero GX may be the best racing game of its generation. And here we sit, all these years later, waiting for a sequel. Then you go to Valve with Half-Life 3, or hell, how about Half-Life 2 Episode 3? We never got either one of those. Instead, we have to spend $1,000 to play the next entry in the Half-Life franchise, Half-Life Alex, which requires a top-of-the-line VR HMD. And then there's Ubisoft with Prince of Persia. Where did that franchise go? It used to be a cash cow for Ubisoft, but as soon as Assassin's Creed launched, somehow Ubisoft felt that it became redundant. I think we got one or two more Prince of Persia games after Assassin's Creed launched. People have been begging for that. Rumors have been swirling about a Sands of Time remake. It's disappeared. It's obviously not a priority. Meanwhile, they're remaking the first Splinter Cell. Who even asked for that? People wanted a new Splinter Cell. I don't remember anyone asking for a remake of the original, but somehow we're getting it. Square Enix is schizophrenic in this way. It's guilty of abandoning its Chrono RPG franchise. You know, Chrono Cross, Chrono Trigger. And then today it goes and announces a new Valkyrie RPG that literally no one asked for. And it also looks terrible. Then there are All Rares IP. Instead of getting sequels to its excellent Banjo or Conquer games, we get grabbed by the Ghoulies, Viva Pinata, Sea of Thieves, and a bunch of crappy Connect Motion games. Now to be fair, Rare did release 
a sequel, quote unquote, to Banjo Kazooie called Nuts and Bolts, which wasn't a Banjo Kazooie game at all. It was like a little experiment that Rare worked on that they slapped the Baron Bird onto. It was no more a Banjo Kazooie game than Forza Horizon 5 is a Banjo Kazooie game. Why not just listen to what your fans are asking for? The irony with Square Enix is that it actually got this right in one of the greatest cases of getting it right. Once, when it created the Final Fantasy VII Remake, which has done exceptionally well. Go figure! I think what hurts the most is when you ask for something for a really long time, you finally get it, and then it's not great. Marvel's Avenger comes to mind, yet another Square Enix product. What can we do to get these publishers to listen to us? It seems like it's just completely scattershot. And you can't predict what they're going to pick up on and actually run with or what they're going to ignore. I wanted a Punch-Out game for a really long time. Nintendo delivered one for the Wii. I never would have dreamed that. I felt like I was the only Punch-Out fan left on the planet at that point, And I got a Punch-Out. Meanwhile, millions of people are asking for F-Zero, Earthbound, all these other IPs, and it just never happens. There's no rhyme or reason to what the publishers are going to do. It really doesn't matter how much you campaign against them. I guess the publishers are going to roll the dice, and we're just going to have to deal with whatever the result is. Thanks for listening to Good Morning Gaming. I appreciate every single one of you who listens to GMG. I'm Shane Satterfield, and you can do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter at Dinfire. And while you're at it, follow Sifted at Sifted Games. And while you're using the interwebs, head to patreon.com sifted and drop us a pledge. We'll be back tomorrow, but until then, make sure you seize today because there will never be another. <laughs>